Hey, hey, this is your boy Ike with the Create or Die podcast. Coming at you again, throwing some video into the mix. So if you uh, want to watch me talking to the screen, go ahead and head on over to uh, YouTube, Create or Die, and, uh, and you'll see that. Those of you only in audio land, hope it's still a good experience. <laughs> uh, wow. A lot going on. We're right there in the midst of holiday season. People are being generous and doing all the good things. Uh, my son and I went snowboarding yesterday here in Utah. Greatest snow on earth. So definitely some good things happening. Now as part of the holidays, you may have some creatives on your list and you may not know what to get them i got i got something for you you head on over to creatordie.net you know can't guarantee that uh, the merch will arrive on time for christmas but if you act quick uh, the sketchbooks from amazon if you're if you're a prime member uh, there's a good chance you'll get uh, you'll get that in time so or, you know, maybe you need a uh, Happy New Year gift. Something to think about. Anyways, we don't want this to be a big uh, big commercial for random things that, uh, that I decide to create. This is about you. This is about the community. This is about helping each other. Uh, the last episode, you know, I went on a, a weird, sick-induced rant around... AI art and whether it's friend or foe and I'm not going to take credit for it but uh, I could (laughs) just kidding no obviously uh, and when I say take credit I mean for all of the uproar on the subject that we've seen in the socials the past uh, couple weeks with uh, ArtStation the no AI art thumbnails everywhere uh, people are people are worried and uh, understandably but I think there there's a place for it it's inevitable that uh, AI is here and and it's useful but we definitely need to you know create a safe space for everybody um, you know I'm, I'm super impressed by chat GPT and what it can do, uh, you know, and it's a it's a piece of AI technology that isn't um, creating images. But one be warned because apparently Google can uh, detect whether your content was created by AI. Go figure. Um, and so they're. They're kind of warning people like, hey, if you think you can just generate AI content and use it in your blog or whatever, um, you got another thing coming because Google is not going to play that game. And then we had a graphic novel a little while ago that uh, was seeking copyright for um, AI-generated work uh, where the story and the visuals were all generated by AI 
and they were in the process of granting that copyright um, but in the middle of it they reached out to the creator air quotes uh, human behind it to provide proof of significant human involvement um, which I guess is a you know requirement of copyright you can't copyright something created by a by an artificial intelligence and this individual was not able to do that so that copyright was uh, denied so just you know a little follow-up to the last episode if you're if you're into the AI thing uh, I think it's I think it's pretty safe bet to say that uh, you're not going to be able to just straight up use what what AI spits out and call it your own um, if you use it as a tool to help get those wheels started um, help you think outside of the box then then great but uh, your final product uh, needs to be be yours is what I'm is what I'm seeing so you know you decide but in this week's episode, call it a holiday episode if you want. I'm not gonna, you know, tell some holiday story or, or something like that, but rather talk about some books. Let's let's get analog, like physical books, drawing books, art books, creative books, and and my top three. Okay. And actually, two of the top three are a series of books. So, maybe that doesn't count. But, hey, this is my show. I'm making the rules, right? So, number one, okay? Drum roll. Drawn to Life, Volume 1 and 2. Drawn to Life by Walt Stanchfield. Now... Walt was uh, a longtime employee at Disney Animation Studios. Uh, they referred to him as the other Walt. While there, he definitely crossed paths with the original Walt, Mr. Disney himself, but really made his name um, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, um, especially during those... Uh, kind of renaissance years of Disney where, you know, they decided to get their crap together again and stop producing silly little things like um, the Aristocrats or Aristocats, whatever, and started producing interesting stuff. And we saw a hint of that in The Great Mouse Detective, but then they really blew it out of the water with... Little Mermaid, of course. So where does Walt Stanchfield and these Drawn to Life books fit in, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Uh, The animators at that time, the artists uh, at Disney Animation Studios, they were given the opportunity to sharpen their skills, take classes on anatomy and gesture drawing and how to think when you draw, essentially. And... That's where Walt Stanchfield came in. He was the instructor uh, for several years, if not decades, uh, 
um, helping to level up the artists already at the Disney Studios. Uh, so this isn't just some memoir uh, or autobiographical piece that he wrote. Instead, this is a compilation of those class notes from the the decade plus of years that he he taught those classes. Um, so these were the the handouts that he gave the animators and the different artists that basically summed up the lesson for that day and he has little doodles in there that, that he did himself to help you know describe what it is that uh, that he was trying to convey or teach and in addition he showed you know student work and and uh, critiqued that and that's included in those uh, in those class notes as well and again volume one and two <clears throat> and at first glance you might be like hey I uh, I thought this was an art book there's a lot of words in here for an art book am I supposed to actually read this and to that I would say yes um, and, and there's a lot in there as far as knowledge nugs are concerned. So what I would recommend and what I did, and I still don't know if I actually made it through every lesson, um, maybe that'll be a New Year's resolution to, to start that back up again. Because it doesn't matter where you are in your art career, you can use this. It doesn't matter if you're into animation or into uh, real life drawing, or you can't draw and you want to learn how to draw, or you're a 3D animator that doesn't draw, you still need these books because they, each lesson there's, is just so deep. Um, Walt does a great job at having you internalize uh, for example like gesture drawing if you've heard of that that's you know really quick kind of lines basically illustrating hey this is uh, the pose that I'm trying to capture excuse me and a lot of times this is done you know with a with a live model and maybe they're holding a five-minute pose two-minute pose and you're quickly capturing those. And Walt helps you not just draw what you see, or even worse, kind of draw what you think is supposed to be there. Like, you know, there's a body, arms are connected to the body, um, hands look like this. You know, we, we tend to have uh, built-in symbols for what a hand looks like or, or a, a head or a body and what what Walt challenges you to do is get into that position that the model is in or or maybe you don't have a model and you're thinking of it outside of your head actually put yourself in that position and then learn to feel what that position feels like and and there's a bunch of other awesome knowledge nugs like that but but by doing that you're able to illustrate it on on paper or 
digitally or when you pose your uh, digital maquette in your favorite 3D software application or you're a stop motion artist, wh whatever, actually filling those poses are, are so important. So again, Drawn to Life, uh, Volumes 1 and 2, Walt Stanchfield. Uh, if, if you can't get a hold of Volume 1 and you can just get a hold of Volume 2, that's fine, or vice versa. Um, whether it's a Kindle version or a printed version, highly recommended. And I'll try to provide uh, Amazon links to each of these in the comments uh, or in the description, however it is people do it these days. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's number one, numero uno done we've got it now book number two action cartooning by ben caldwell now i work with ben caldwell caldwell a ben caldwell it's not the same one this is uh this is a different ben he's a concept artist and a comic book artist you can find him on the socials at Ben Caldwell, and uh, he, he does some powerful stuff, and it's it's stylized, it's cartoony. Um, I think you know he played a hand in in some of the concept art for the original Clone Wars cartoon uh, from the early mid two thousands you know, the 2D version, and we were all so excited, like, oh, I can't believe there's a Star Wars cartoon, are you kidding me? Um, I'm pretty sure he he had a hand in that. He's uh, super humble, from what I can see, and doesn't uh, go around and, you know, brag like I would if, uh, if I was involved in cool stuff like that. Uh, not that I'm not involved in cool stuff, but you know what I'm saying. So action cartooning, and it's a, it's a thin book, and unlike the previous couple of books that I, that I talked about, the Drawn to Life series, there are a lot of pictures, and they're fun pictures. They are super helpful, and again, if you're looking to be a cartoonist, an animator, uh, a comic book artist, someone who draws stylized stuff, then, then yeah, it's a no-brainer. But again, I think there's things in there for those who want to draw realistic um, stuff. You know, want to draw a horse. You can look at a picture and draw that horse, or you can use these techniques for foreshortening and perspective and overlapping that really make it that much easier um, and and I'm you know I'm not trying to kid you any of these any of these books you're not gonna buy it and all of a sudden become an artist if you if you weren't one or if you haven't been working towards that for a long time but they may help you know unlock some ideas that you hadn't thought of before which is what's happened to me this action cartooning book is one that I've probably purchased four or five times and you think 
Why do you need four or five copies of the same book? I don't. What's happened is I've recommended it over the years. People have asked about it. I've loaned it out and they've, they've been like, oh yeah, I still have that at my house. I got to get it back. And I'm like, no, you keep it. That's yours. And, uh, then I go buy a new one because it's a, you know, relatively cheap book under 10 bucks from what I remember. Um, and just short and easy to refer to beautiful, beautiful piece of, uh, art book, if you will. Okay. There it is. Number two, action cartooning, Ben Caldwell. Finally, the third book, which is actually a series, an ongoing series that continues to grow, is How to Think When You Draw by Lorenzo Etherington. Now, he's a British dude, uh, Lorenzo, and his brother is a writer. They've created their own um, series of comic books and just been amazingly awesome on uh, the socials uh, Instagram Twitter you name it Uh, they you know have a so his brother Lorenzo's brother is is the writer and he has a series of books how to think when you write and I have several of those and haven't had a chance to read them yet so I assume that when I talk about writing books, they'll probably be on there because uh, these How to Think When You Draw books are so great. The only problem is they're only available through Kickstarter. So I think he's he's done five of these books so far and they're nice little square books about yay big, uh, bright colors, and each page or spread sometimes is a quick tip, a a little uh, knowledge nug, tutorial, if you will, real specific, like foreshortening hands or um, how to draw portals, you know, like different ways to draw a portal in a comic book um, in case you need to have one of your characters pass through a portal and arrive on the other side to, you know, how to draw smoke in different ways or trees and some of the the newest stuff they've started to or not they Lorenzo has started to animate as well so he'll take his little drawings and and make it animated and the reason I do this kind of shrugging you know action is because one of the most recent ones was somebody putting on a jacket Anyways, you know, where am I going with all of this crazy social stuff? Because I kind of went on a tangent there. But essentially, these books are a collection of the free social posts that Lorenzo has been posting very regularly for several years. Um, I don't know if it's daily or weekly or a couple times a week. He has a huge amount of them. You know, go to... Instagram, look up Etherington Brothers. That's E T H E R I N G T O N. And you don't even have to buy the books. You can just scroll through his his feed 
or collection of posts and see see the content and benefit from it and if you want the printed books um, he'll you know follow him on on Instagram like I said and he'll announce when he's coming out with a new collection uh, and a lot of times when you uh, you know support that Kickstarter effort then depending on the level you support it at you can get the one the newest book or a collection of a couple of them or the full collection obviously depending on how much um, money you decide to invest in that but broken all kinds of records uh, really epitomizes the way to share socially and give things for free and still be super rewarded by the community and with the purchase of these books and so I can only imagine that they are doing really well not just the books but Lorenzo Etherington himself and uh, and those are just good good quality good quality so there you go there are my top three books let's go over them again we've got Drawn to Life the Walt Stanchfield Volumes 1 and 2 we got Action Cartooning Ben Caldwell and then we've got How to Think When You Draw by Lorenzo Etherington and again I'll uh, share those links in the, in the description or comments whatever the different tools will let me do it's not, it's not done yet. You might think, okay, that's great. Let's just end this episode. You've been talking long enough, right? 22 plus minutes. Well, I want to dig a little deeper, okay? We talked about Lorenzo. Um, I want to share a, a little something from a social post he put out uh, a couple weeks ago that that I really found valuable. And... Essentially, here's, here it is. He says, uh, what are the 10 most important pieces of advice you'd give to a beginner? That's how he posed the question. And then he has 10 items below it. So number one on that list, maybe I should go the other direction. You know what I'm saying? Because isn't that usually how you do a countdown? Let's try that. Let's try that. Okay. We didn't do that with the books. We're going to do that with this list. Okay, so number 10 of the 10 most important pieces of advice you give to a beginner. Here they are. And I may comment on, you know, give some color commentary, if you will. Yeah. So number 10, the fact that you're willing to work at something you can't do yet is everything you need to succeed. Okay. So we could stop there. And that, that is a good one. So as a beginner, so I'm a beginner podcaster, for example. And here we are, episode 12. I'm willing to do it, work at it. And it's the same thing with, with drawing. The more you do it, hopefully the better you get. And you're, you've already... Um, one half the battle or, or something like that. Okay, so that's number 10. Number nine. 
don't worry about what anyone else is doing. And this is uh, this is a big one, whether you're a beginner or a, uh, a long-time struggler of seeking after that path of artistic perfection, which is a bucket I'd put myself in, is not worrying about what any anyone else is doing. Because the socials, they have a tendency to do that. You get on there, you see these amazing pieces of work that people are putting out, and you go and you look at their their collection of posts, and everything just is so beautiful. And you look at it from a distance, and you just see the beautiful colors and quality. And then you look at your own feed, your own collection of posts, and you say, Okay, there might be one or two decent things, but the rest of them is just a bunch of hurried sketch, quick concept that maybe I thought was okay to post at one in the morning, but now that I've had the benefit of sleep, I wonder why I posted that. <laughs> um, and that's that's a that's a topic for another episode. Is uh, about the socials and and the hustle and the yeah the rat race that that is but yeah don't worry about what anyone else is doing you're just in competition with yourself totally agree with that okay number eight having time to draw is precious make the most of it agreed you know, depending on where you're at on your journey, whether you're a student, uh, someone who's employed, someone who has a family, uh, someone who has commitments outside of work and home, uh, it can be hard to find time to draw. That's a good one. Number seven, you don't need expensive art materials to be to be a great artist it's true it's true it's hard um, to believe I remember as a kid uh, you know being into art and and, you know being in fourth or fifth grade and having people compliment me on, on what I was able to do but then I remember one kid he had an older brother and he would show me some of his stuff every once in a while, like cars that were just seemed unreal, like they were airbrushed or, or something. And, and you know, this is coming from a child, so maybe they weren't airbrushed, but uh, the way he caught the reflections and, and whatever, just super cool. And, and I remember my mom telling me that oh you know or my dad or both I don't know that uh, you know yeah that's just not possible without the right tools and airbrush or, or whatever and and I you know that felt good I'm like okay well maybe I am as good as this older brother if only I had the tools to use I could prove it but in the meantime we'll just resign to the fact that I don't have those tools and but what I've learned since then uh, 
is uh, not the case. You can, with crayons and butcher paper, do something amazing and uh, you know with different techniques of rubbing your palm on, on the crayons to help smooth them out or, or whatever and this may be a really bad example but it is possible to still create something awesome and then of course you've got your handy pencil which uh, you know just look up realistic pencil drawings on YouTube or something and you can see things that look like a uh, black and white photograph and it all comes down to patience serious patience and you know we're talking hundreds of hours and not many people have enough patience to see something through to that point Okay, that was number seven. Number six, be kind to yourself and supportive of other artists. I find it easy to support other artists. You know, I can see that they're trying or they're better than me and then that's super easy. Or, um, you know, they're putting in the time and and you know it's just awesome to encourage that but yourself you know we're we're our hardest critics i believe we're you know just like i mentioned earlier about the you know feeds on instagram that people have of beautiful stuff it's easy to to compare that to your own and, and get frustrated Okay, so that was number six. Number five, now I don't know if this was, and I don't think it is. This looks intentional. Number five is a repeat of number nine. Don't worry about what, el what anyone else is doing. Don't worry about it. Say it with me, don't worry about it. So that's number five and number nine. Number four, it's okay to just draw the thing you love again and again okay so I, I knew I had a, a friend back in uh, elementary who would just draw Garfield and a lot of times it would be the same uh, pose or the same illustration of him again and again and people would freak out over it and, and they would say oh can you draw me a Garfield and do the same thing and and he loved it and he got better and quicker at it and even though you're not pushing yourself as far as hey I'm going to try this different style or this different thing uh, you're still training your hand eye coordination all that good stuff so okay it's okay to draw the thing you love again and again Number three, gather as much reference as you can. So, this ties into what I talked about in the previous AI episode as well, where 
um, if you use AI as a way to generate reference material um, that's a good way to good way to use it in my opinion and back in the day it was it was magazines and we would clip out magazines and just have a ton of it you, you know you want to draw a specific truck you can't say that hey this is a 1992 Ford F-150 and it looks like you know something totally different you need to know you know what are the stylings of that um, or you want to draw a specific animal you can do a symbol of an animal or uh, you know really kind of crude drawing of that animal from your head but if you really want to capture that animal you're going to need reference and you know there's exception to all these rules someone who has drawn a labrador retriever from every angle for thousands of hours you know, there's a good chance they no longer need reference material. They can just draw that and have it look photorealistic uh, from from memory. But they had gathered a ton of reference. I mean, that's why we, when we go to art school, we take anatomy classes, the life drawing classes, where you're drawing. Uh, nude or clothed models from multiple angles and poses again and again and you know not only are you learning to draw them or draw what you see but you're learning about proportions and anatomy and skeletal and muscular goodness that's all reference it's not clipped out magazine pieces or uh, a feed in, in Pinterest of your favorite pins or whatever. Instead, uh, that's, that's reference material from the real live subject, which is always a good thing. No question. Okay, moving along. That was number three. Number two, surprise, surprise, a three-peat. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. I love that. Drum roll. Come on. Maybe I'll add that in post. But uh, number one on the list of what are the ten most important pieces of advice you'd give to a beginner is sketch lightly. When we're just beginning drawing with a pencil or a pen you know we're not we're not trained to um, draw lightly I mean it seems like we want to just press hard and make the best darkest mark possible but if you make a mistake and you go to erase that it's not going to erase or it's going to create a big gray smear 
or it's gonna rub a hole through your paper okay so yeah sketch lightly and what are some other reasons to do that if you if you see some of my videos where I'm drawing whether it's with a pencil or a pen even because with ballpoint pens you can uh, kind of get different levels of darkness depending on how hard you press and what I'll do is sketch something out and you're and it's almost like you're trying to uncover the real version of that person or vehicle or animal or environment whatever it is you're drawing and you need those first maybe incorrect lines to help inform the correct lines and if you've done that lightly enough then on your second pass around you can do a medium level of pressure if you're just using you know one tool for example like one number two pencil you know without erasing you can do another pass and pick the lines or create new ones that will create the, the image that you're going for so there you go there's my thoughts on Mr. Lorenzo Etherington's awesome list of the top 10 most important pieces of advice he'd give to a beginner and I, I would echo those for sure okay there it is another episode number 12 I hope you enjoyed it thanks for getting to this point listening to my rant if you will and I hope uh, I hope something I've said or suggested will help you and let's just create let's just do this thing you know because life's boring if we're not creating. At least that's how I feel. And, and the question I ask a lot, am I alone? I don't think so. Anyways, until next time, my friends, keep creating. Create or die. <laughs>